It's life on life's terms. What's up, everybody? We're back. We seem to be in frequent flyers lately. Yes. But uh, we're back, and um, <coughs> my name is Tom Robinson, a grateful recovering addict. And like I always say, we are not affiliated with any 12-step program. Uh, uh, what I mean by that is that we are not, they are not responsible for anything that you see here. Um, you know, we are not um, part of them, although we do endorse endorse them and uh, have benefited from them uh my name is chris mandeville i'm a man in long-term recovery and um we are here at a new wave recovery center on quincy ave in quincy mass um if you uh you know it, things are tough these days to to try and get some help um but the cent the center is open um they it's do have place. lots lots of resources they let us uh come in here and do this and they have been for over two years now um so we appreciate them and and all that they do for the recovery community um so tonight we have uh someone that me and tom have both known since we came into recovery um yeah and he's like i said in the post he's played a significant role in mine og recovery quincy recovery (laughs) Um, so he was you know one of the reasons why I stuck around, um, and I was <laughs> that was just to get your paycheck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's, he was my sponsor for a very long time. Um, we've we've shared a lot of stuff, and I'm very grateful for this man. <clears throat> Let's get that out of the way. Yeah. Um, now you're gonna get me going. Yeah. Um, So tonight we have Brian Murphy Um, He's going to share his uh, Experience, strength, and hope with us Did we ask Um, him if he wanted to use his last name? Oh, I think it's a little late now (laughs) Get it back Yeah (laughs) All right, let me hit the rewind It's been been in print plenty of times I know I I, I was just talking not too long ago about um, When we were up at the uh, up at the police headquarters, and they grabbed Joe. <laughs> uh, it's like we're and found out that our records had been emailed out throughout, like most of Boston PD working at the police headquarters. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was funny. They grabbed me too. Yeah. So Brian, um, thanks for coming in. We really yeah, we, appreciate it. We, we appreciate it for a guest. Guests are a little little hard to come by lately. I don't know if it's the coronavirus or what, but uh, yeah, like a lot of people are like, can. "Oh, yeah, I can do it, but um, not anytime soon," you know. Right. So, yeah. So we thank you. Yes, well, we appreciate you being here. It's, um, it's kind of my training. I yeah. know this is, you know, about recovery, and uh, and I was asked to do something. Oh, there you go. How mm-hmm. long you guys been doing this? Three years. I've managed not to bump into you in three years. I know because <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I remember talking about it. I think we were at an overdose vigil. Yes, yeah. that's right. At that the library, right, right and we were talking about it. Yep. And like not long after that, it ended up happening. And yeah, honestly, I don't think that 
We've actually seen each other since no, then. No, no. But it's Brian is the reason I always say we're not affiliated with any 12-step program because the first thing he says was, I hope you're following the tradition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. It, you know, it's funny. I, I, I called Central Service today. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Yeah. And yesterday because I didn't like yesterday's answer. Oh, okay. So if you keep... If you calling keep calling people <laughs> yeah. and talking to enough people, you eventually might get the answer you were looking for. That's like uh, what sponsor shopping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I got a decent answer yesterday, but I wanted to talk to Judy, who runs Central Service, and uh, like the press, radio, and film. Yeah, because yeah. I'm 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 uh, kind of a stickler for the traditions. I believe that the, tradi- the traditions are the only reason we're here. Mm-hmm. Exactly, we would have destroyed it a long time ago. There's That's an old right. saying that says the 12 steps were designed to save the alcoholic from himself, and the 12 traditions were designed to save Alcoholics Anonymous from, from the, alcoholic. the alcoholic. Yes. Right. Yes. You know? Yep. And, and that's, uh, you know, that's important, and that's why we're just uh, giving our opinions around here. We're yeah, not the, we, representing we, anybody. Right. And and no one is responsible for what we say here. These are our opinions. That's um, it. You know, we're not trying to tell anyone that they can't do anything or that they have to do something, you know. Nope. All right. So Experience, it's funny. Let, let oh. me just one thing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So that I avoided this for all this time. I <laughs> I called you, what, a week ago. I had some problems with – you did some work with for me, with me, yeah. uh, I don't know, 15, 18 years ago. How long do you think ago that was? Uh, probably, probably 15, 14, yeah, 15. 15 years ago. Put a fence up in my yard. Very nice job, and you. Uh, you had a compliment from the fence company the other day. Said, oh, really? They said, "Oh, yeah, we remember Tom. Did really nice work." <laughs> That's cool. That's pretty good. He was a different sort, right? And I said, <laughs> Is that what they said? I said, "Yeah, you do know him." Yep. yep. That's Tom. So, so right. when I called you to get help with my fence, in between then and which was a week ago, and a couple of days ago when you texted me and asked me to do this, I was like, I know he's going to call me to ask me to do this now. <laughs> and, and you sure did. enough. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so God yeah. works in mysterious you've, ways. You've, yeah. I think you've been around enough addicts and alcoholics to know <laughs> know how we operate, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. I had even said it to Sue, my significant other. I said, I said, I wonder if I opened up a Pandora's box there. (laughs) (laughs) Not that this is a bad thing, but it's different, you know. I mean, I don't have any problem going to the podium. And this is a guy who, you know, I was in college, junior college, and uh, I had a speech class, and you know, fears, doubts, and insecurities. Mm. The the exam, the final exam at the end, I was telling her this today, too, that the the final exam was to give a speech, get up and I ran. I I ran. I didn't, you know, I failed the class. Because of my insecurities about getting up in front of a, you know, and most of that too was I was never prepared to get up and do anything yeah, either. Right, you know? right, right. If you're prepared, it's a little different. You can kind of sweat your way through it. But yeah, Jerry yeah. Seinfeld has a bit that's like, you know, the number one fear, the number two fear of Americans is death. Number one is public speaking. So basically, that means that most people are more f- would rather be in the casket than given the eulogy. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I'll do the eulogy. <laughs> right. I'm not ready, that, and that's why I'm here because I guess I wasn't ready to die. <laughs> right? There you go. And, uh, 
Because I've had a, my experience, strength and hope, and uh, you really want that story? You can, <laughs> oh, yeah. you can talk about whatever you wish. Whatever you want, though, Brian. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So I grew up not far from here, right, right down the street. Went to grammar school right down the street, St. John's. I was an altar boy. Yep, the school's gone now, <laughs> Believe right? Believe it or not, school is yeah, gone. Yeah, they took the school down. Yeah. Lots, and, of, uh, lots of AWOLs in that building. Yeah. Oh, that building? Yep. That's where, yeah. Drove right by it, a stolen car when I was 13. Uh, no. <laughs> 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 I, it's, it's true. But, uh, yeah. So, you know, my alcoholism is, uh, there's nothing, there's no science behind it. I picked up a drink too young. Mm-hmm. And I liked it. This is my take on it. You know, that was a long time ago. I don't, I don't remember my first drink. I, I, you know, I, I somewhat remember what we, my my friend who lived down the street used to sneak it out of his parents' liquor cabinet, and and then we were sneaking it out of my liquor, mother's liquor cabinet and filling it back up. And and mm-hmm. uh, but you know, I don't really remember any of the circumstances. But I think I I think that I kept doing it because I liked it and made me feel better. Yeah. You know, I, I believe that I've heard my personality described from people when they tell their stories, you know, about being fearful, doubtful, and insecure. And, and, I, and I think that, that when I discovered that, you know, elixir, it, life smoothed out a little bit. It got easier to walk from this side of the room to that side of the room and talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and as a result, I, I, I started to look for the next opportunity. So, you know, everything in between started to lose its importance or maybe never got to be important. You know, when you start to live your life from weekend to weekend at 13, 14 years old, yeah. you know, and the weekend's not over yet and you're saying to your buddies, what are we doing next weekend? <laughs> you know, well, you know, <laughs> yeah. maybe some brighter kid might have said, well, what are you going to do the rest of the week. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know? So, yeah. yeah, life life is about the weekend. And, you know, like Living for the weekend. from yeah. from Sunday to, to Friday, like, you don't even yeah. think about it. It's a blur. It's like, you know. Yeah, and I know some of my friends uh, that, that didn't end up where I did were able to juggle all of that and still study and still, you know, progress and... and mm-hmm. And, and I didn't. I, I just, you know, I, I, I didn't see a lot of sense in it either, but mm. um, I do now. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, there, there, were, there are those people that did the exact same things I did, but they were yeah. able to function. And, yeah. and, and they never they, got they, car chases they, when with it, the police. Or? Right. And when, when it was time to stop, they could stop. Yeah. yeah. You know, they yeah. could, okay, that's enough for me. I got to go home. Right. And, and, and then yeah. as they grow older, they make the right decisions. Yeah. They do the things they're supposed to do or, or what, you know, their, their, life is spo- their life happens the way it's supposed to, you know. But then there's us. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I know I was the kid down the railroad tracks with a bunch of us drinking. And, you know, somebody eventually says, I, I got to go. <laughs> it's getting late, yeah, yeah. you know. You know? Mm-hmm. I'm 14. <laughs> yeah, my parents are going to be pissed. <laughs> yeah. you know? And I'm pretty sure I was the kid saying, oh, come on, a little longer. <laughs> mm-hmm. A little longer, right. you know. And, uh, and uh, you know, of course, I couldn't go home to my family and announce, you know, when they said, what would you do last night, Bri? You know, I couldn't say the library, they, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, right. And I also couldn't say I was out drinking. You know, right. yeah, that's that's what I always say to you. It instantly makes you a liar when you're a kid drinking, because yeah, 
you can't tell your parents. Absolutely. So you got to lie. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Sometimes when I when I give a talk in a different environment, <laughs> I uh, you know, which I never do, but if I could sum up my whole <laughs> my whole life prior to recovery, it was guilty. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, right. I was guilty, you know, yeah. and with with creditors, with employers, with my mother, with the courts. I was always guilty yep. with the courts. Public so, defender's know. dream. Oh, guilty. absolutely. <laughs> guilty. <laughs> well, that was easy. Go see probation. <laughs> Go see probation. Just yeah. once I would have liked to have, you know, not guilty, Your Honor. Yeah, right. <laughs> but you, you have to give them some information to go along with that. And everything that was in front of them was always... You're guilty. Yeah, <laughs> right. Plead out. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if I've ever like taken it to the hoop with a, with a not guilty. I just said, yeah, guilty. Thanks. When I can we work a deal? Yeah. Guilty. When I yeah. got sober um, <clears throat> this last time, I was uh, I was in had a court case going, and. Uh, I had driven a car into a stone wall in front of somebody's house, and the, the fire chief was trailing me for like three miles, watching me swerve in and out. They put me in an ambulance, strapped me down, took blood, and and two years later, I'm coming there from turnabout, and magically they couldn't find any of the results. They, they couldn't. Nobody testified, and case dismissed. Yeah, yeah. Magically. Magically. That's hmm. <laughs> pretty cool. I hit a stone wall. This was, this was, God has a sense of humor. So mm. that stolen car, 13 years old. <laughs> I, I can't believe I'm saying this. <laughs> whoever may be watching this, but it's true. So, <laughs> so hey. I am who I am. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> and uh, we had taken that car the night before and the, left it up in Faxon Park right up here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I was walking by Faxon Park on my way to buy a pair of pants or a shirt because it was like a dance that night. It's the afternoon. And I'm walking by and I said, hey, I might as well drive. (laughs) 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 I never got got convicted of having too much brains. but (laughs) So I get in the car, and it was in the woods, and I drive it out, and there was a police car sitting right there. Now, Picture me at 13. I look like Opie Taylor from Andy yeah, yeah. and Mayberry, if you've ever seen that sh- show, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so I'm committed now, so I have to drive right by them. Yeah. Beep. Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I, I wasn't 10 yards out of the, the stone wall up there when the, they came after me and turned the lights on. And, the, and I... I, I had no intentions of just. I was just scared, just like a caged animal, yeah, and just yeah. ran, just ran. So my, the whole point of this, God has a sense of humor. So down through Quincy Square, a couple of police cars up on the sidewalk, around the corner, down by the courthouse, and up Elm Street. And I was so scared, I turned the corner and went right into the driveway. I own that house now. <laughs> really? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> yeah, right around the corner from the tailor. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, the, El- 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I came around that corner. I was so scared, I forgot to turn the wheel back to keep going up the street. I went right into the driveway, and then I get out and ran. But Did you was... get away? No, no. <laughs> it, how? No, how? But I own the house now. I imagine mean, that. But imagine that. <laughs> imagine that, though. That's that is that's cool. a trip. Yeah. Like, yeah, I. Does. I got arrested here at 13 years old, and now 
And, I and, and that only, that only, I only realized that five or six years ago. I went, oh my god! It is great. You know, it's it's not a memory I tra- cherish, anyways. Right, God, right. God has but a it, sense of humor. God loves irony. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. irony is such a real. Absolutely, so real. I. I, I joke that you know if there is a pearly gate and if i ever get there i'm like did you really think that was funny i know (laughs) i mean come on man right are you really gonna have to read off everything (laughs) so you know i i guess i had a lot of fun i and i and i know i did and i i you know enjoyed my teenage years and i had no clue what type of price i was paying for Mm. You know, I, I had no idea what type of price I was paying. I paid an enormous price for it. It took me years in a different venue to get up and say, because a lot of people will stand up and they give their talk and say, I had a lot of fun drinking and drugging it. Yeah. It took me years to say that I had a lot of fun because I was older and I realized what a price I paid. Yeah. You know, what a price I paid. The first thing that came to mind was, wasn't that I had a lot of fun. It was like, holy shit. Yeah, I, I was the same way. Enormous price, yeah. you know. And as I've stayed sober and gone further into recovery, it's not the price of the car chase or the arrest or the guilties or the, you know, the the trouble. The, the real price was the lying to my parents at thirteen yeah. years old. You yep. know, the the, the self the uh, heartache of my lost. mother. You know, waiting up. You know, why didn't you at least let me know you wouldn't be home? You know, right. The person you became because of those things—that's that's what I think of. Yeah, and and the, just the, the the heartache and the hurt that I caused other people—that's yes. that's what the the price I feel more than anything today. You know, I mean, I've moved beyond it and I can live with it, but you know, because sometimes we think that you know, yeah, well, that sucked. Yeah, I got arrested and I cracked my car open. Well, that stuff's going to happen. <laughs> right, right, you know? right. But the real for me, the real price is the people and the. You know, and and the things that I traded off, education. Uh, you know, I, I I had some, you know, great survival skills. I got great right. survival skills. Imagine, imagine, for a second, if you got everything back that you gave away for alcohol for alcoholism. Oh, yeah. It, it it would be so overwhelming, like all the things that like we squandered or whatever. Well, well, I've been sober twice. I this is I've had oh, yeah, a yeah. few few lives. Right, right. My first. So, I'm, I'm I'm getting in trouble more. I was a, a a frequent drunk driver, and then driver without a license. Oh yeah. The court was getting tired. You know, the suspended sentences were getting longer. I, I worked in the building trades. I was a foreman on a job for years, and I was having trouble there. I was having trouble showing up on time. You know, trouble on every front, pretty much. Mm. Uh, most of the people that I cared about, the friends that I grew up with, uh, family members, I just, you know, kind of pushed away. Um, I got thrown out of my neighborhood bar. You know, that was that was a big deal. I mean, <laughs> well, the kids in my neighborhood, we waited to grow up old enough to go and have a beer like our dads did down there. And right. We gave a pool, and, you know, and I always enjoyed it down there. And, you know, I didn't always have trouble. So. <laughs> but I had some trouble in there one night that I, I was 10 years sober. I walked back in there, and the bartender goes, out. 
<laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. I had a, I had a suit on. What too. the hell did you do? <laughs> it doesn't so, matter. So obviously, no. the point there is that the people that we affect have long memories. We oh, make yeah. an impression oh, yeah. on people that this yeah, this this person's point. no good. You know, right. we it's, can we can forget that very easily. But the 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 normal people and and the people that we don't realize what we do to that doesn't just fall by the wayside with them oh absolutely not you know, like, I, I tell people like, from when i'm talking sometimes i say go to friendlies stand up and tell your story yeah and you'll watch the general population back away from you like this you know because they don't understand right you know we right. in a we have to <laughs> in recovery we yes. in recovery thank you <laughs> and, can understand each other right that's right because we've you know, been there the, the, like some of our, the literature says we suffered a common peril which is all the trouble and you know we can't cry about it and fret over it forever but we enjoy a common bond and recovery hmm. you know but you know go to friendly stand up tell your story they'll put a net over you by the time you're done you know <laughs> yeah. uh, you know you, you say that like I got that inside the Plymouth House of Correction from a CO. Yeah, well. like he he pulled me aside, and you know the guy has he's he passed away from cancer. He's awesome, and I ended up working with his stepson years later. And I was telling this story, and he said, "What was that guy's name?" I said, "It was Jeff Sampson." He goes, "That's my dad." It, it, he he pulled me aside. He goes. Mandeville, I read your jacket. He goes, the guy I see down here, I can't see doing this stuff. And this is before I came into any type of recovery treatment. Mm. That was just removing me from society and yeah. and the the alcohol and the drugs. And right. and and there was that significant of a, a change in in me. Well, that's like for a CO to say, I can't see you doing. That's pretty crazy. Well, I think that's that's the difference between someone who's addicted to mind altering substances and someone who's addicted to food or whatever. Yeah. Those are bad addictions, but your brain is so foggy that you're not even yourself. So you, I think you, you know what I mean. It's, I think it's a, it's a different dimension to it. Yeah. Well, but, even take that. If it, if me take the alcohol and drugs out of me, I'm not a bad person, but I'm still ill-equipped to deal with life on yes, life's terms. Yes, I'm right. going to get some. You know, if I'm backed into a corner, I'm going to lie to get out of the corner. Yeah, or it's going to get to a point where you know, you, I'm going to kick you to get out of the corner. Yeah, or you I, don't want to feel right. the way you're feeling. Doesn't mean I learned how to live right because mm-hmm. you take this stuff out of my system. Right, and not that I was a bad guy, but there was very a lot of mixed motives, and and, and mm-hmm. I picked up a drink awfully young. Any type of emotional growth or or uh, <clears throat> coping skills, they, they weren't happening. Survival skills, yeah. fine. Yep. you know they were they were pretty honed, but. You know, uh, you know. So, the uh, I'm twenty, twenty one years old. My my father died when I was twenty one. Things got a little worse after that because I always tried to, you know, keep my troubles from from them. And mm. uh, <clears throat> you know, at, at, at twenty years old, I was working in Texas. I was working in the oil fields. I was a union carpenter. And, oh wow. Uh, I think it's the only place I ever was at that I didn't get arrested, <laughs> which was kind of crazy. But yeah. uh, <laughs> so, 
you know, things just started getting a little progressively worse. I mean, I would, I would get more trouble with the courts and my... The leash was getting shorter, which it does. You know, they, they, a judge doesn't want to put somebody in jail. They, they, they want to give them as much chance to rehabilitate, to look at their life, to mm. make some changes. I mean, you know that. They, you get, right. First, you get probation. You just get probation, you know. And then if something else happens, you get probation with a suspended sentence. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. again, you get probation with a longer suspended sentence. Or, or you get... Yeah. Unsupervised, then you get supervised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah. The, you know, it's, it, there's progression. There's levels worse. to it. There's yeah. levels to it. Yeah. So I, I was, I was 25 <clears throat> when they first sent me to a, to a recovery program, and uh, and I walked into a room. It was right over at the courthouse, and and uh, and I I thought I listened, and I I thought it was a great place for. People like you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just passing through. Yep. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was 25. I was just a victim of circumstances. I actually went up to the person that was facilitating the meeting. I said, you know, you guys are so lucky you got a place to go. <laughs> and that's arrogance, right? The arrogance of the yeah. alcoholic, the absolutely. Of the alcoholic. And we don't know what we don't yep. know, right? We don't right. know what we don't know. Nope. It was... Uh, that probation office too. That, that you know, that I had back then. Uh, I remember I was guilty, guilty. Go see probation, and I had this woman probation officer, and she, she that they come out after you come out of the courtroom, and she looked at me and she says, "I don't like you." <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> bad sign. Mm. Yeah, well, I, and I knew she didn't. I told you, I knew she wasn't just kidding. You know, <laughs> she she, she, you know, she wasn't just trying to be tough. Or something. Right? No, yeah, yeah. she didn't like I me. I felt that she one. Looked at my rec- yeah, I felt it. Exactly, I felt it. Right. Mm-hmm. So I said, "Is there anything we can do about this?" And she says, uh, "Nothing I'd like more than not to have to deal with you." And I was like, "Wow," you know, to myself. I'm like, I, you know, I went to Archbishop Williams. You know, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I wasn't. I knew bad kids, and I didn't think I was one, but, mm, mm. you know, drunk driving, I have a whole different view of drunk driving now, and I was a repeat drunk driver, I had some drug arrests, and and I understand what she was looking at. She was looking at my record. And, uh, yeah. Right. So, so she went, and she said, she left, she came back with a guy probably my age looking over his glasses, and he's, he looks at me and says, I'm going to see that you go to jail. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh man. Look, Bad day. Yeah. Yeah. Lady, can we start over? (laughs) So my point to this is I was like 25. Two years later, I was in more trouble. And, uh, boy, I had nobody nobody left in my life. I was having trouble on the job. And uh, This was in Texas or No, this was here. All right. This was here. And uh, uh, this guy that didn't like me, he he looked at me. He said, said, Brian, he says, they're going to lock you up this time. They're going to put you away for a couple of years. And uh, re- very compassionately, he looked at me and said, I, I, he said, I don't know whether you belong there or not. He said, but that's where you're going. And mm. Uh, mm. he suggested the shop program in Medford. And, and I'm like, is it overnight? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I had never even been to summer camp. You know, never mind. Yeah, yeah. And, you know. Rehab. I'd never been to detox. I went to that one meeting they sent me to, and I, you know, I didn't think I belonged there. It was good for you guys, and 
and uh, I, I really didn't know didn't know the language, didn't know any of this language either. I, mm. I just I knew, but I knew that he was telling me the truth, <laughs> he, and it, that he had some compassion, and he actually liked me. He got to know me a little, and uh, so I agreed to go there, and uh, it was it was based in 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 twelve step recovery, and life as I know it today began then. It was April of nineteen eighty. Uh, didn't have a person in my life to. <clears throat> You know, you know how they like to you like to they like to take you right from a courtroom to a program. Yeah, they actually let me go home. Um, my pro- probation officer actually he brought the person in to interview me. They accepted me, and I asked if I could go home for the weekend. I wasn't a daily drinker. I didn't have a habit, and but my mother was getting old. It was Easter weekend, and they said fine. And I wanted to just prepare her because she never saw any of my trouble. I tried to shield my immediate family from as much of it as I could and um, hmm. and uh, I realized I didn't have anybody left in my life to even call for a ride there to, I was supposed to show up there in Medford mm. Medfield oh Medfield Monday, yeah Medfield it was across from the state hospital we used to go over there and play ball where we were there and people would be at the state hospitals cheering for us <laughs> out, the, out, out the windows out the bars <laughs> yay home run <laughs> and unfortunately, they don't even have those hospitals anymore for people who need it. Yeah, right. And uh, like a lot of things that people need. So a- anyway, so <laughs> I uh, this is, you know, I think you guys will know what this is. Is I didn't have anybody to call. I'm like, oh, I've, I've, I've pushed everybody out. I got nobody. Yeah. And, uh, and the phone rang. It was a buddy of mine. I, I was the best man at his wedding five or six years before. And uh, I hadn't talked to him in a few years. I worked with him down in Texas. He was a pipe fitter. I just talked to him two days ago, as a matter of fact. And uh, <clears throat> he says, how you doing, Murph? I said, no, not that good. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I got I to go to camp or something. I don't know where I'm going, but I, 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 I don't even know how I'm getting there, Lloyd. And uh, he says, oh, I'll come get you. give you a ride. Now, you know, in my, my, the world I live in today, that's God doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. Mm-hmm. Right, you know that's because had you not got a ride, you would have not. Yeah, I, you know, I, I usually was very compliant with w- what the court was telling me to do because I'm not. I can run from my feelings. So there's certain things I don't want to run from because <laughs> mm. you have to keep running, and, and, and yeah, and uh, so yeah, whether I would have or, or whether I wouldn't, I, I don't know. I, I I don't know, but. I, I know the way I took it is good for me. You know? Yeah, exactly. I hadn't talked to this kid in three, four, five years. And he show, and he calls you up out of the blue out when you're trying blue. to get to him. That's amazing. Out of the blue. When I had to be there that next day. I think they call that a God shot. Huh? I think so. Yeah. It was for me. Uh, yeah. I'm sure I didn't recognize that at the time either. Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's great that we're out of, you know, the year 2020 because now you can really – Hindsight is twenty twenty really has meaning now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Even twenty twenty is hindsight. Now. Yeah. Yeah. So I went there and um, and uh, that was the first time I said that I have a problem. I couldn't deny it. I was in a safe environment, and I could look at my record, and there were other guys in there that had been in halfway houses and treatment centers and jails and that place over and over again, and a, a guy that. I became friends with, he was 40 years old, and he says, Brian, he says, you don't have to be me. 
40 years old, back here for the third time. You know, he said, mm-hmm. you, can, you can straighten your life out now. And, and I heard all that, you know. And again, I couldn't really deny it. I could see the... And I had, I had never admitted that I had a problem. <laughs> never. It was always people, places, and things. I yeah. had never, oh, yeah. ever, ever... And uh, but it was there that I that I did it, and and, and I, I guess I just couldn't deny it for a minute, and uh, you know, and I, I they didn't send me to jail when I, I finished that program, and even the program came to court and said that you know he he did a good job with us, and you know I think he means what he says, and the judge asked me, he says, Mister Murphy, why sh- shouldn't I send you to jail? And I looked at him and I said, because I don't want to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I. That's all I had. You know, it's like I was guilty. I mean, I'm guilty, yeah. but mm-hmm. really, I I don't want to go. <laughs> and uh, he didn't send me. He took an extreme chance and didn't send me. And uh, and life was good. I I started to to be sober and do. You know, I went to a twelve step program and I and I did a lot of the things that it takes to maintain being sober until it doesn't work (laughs) and i don't know if that makes any sense it makes sense to me and like i i I, as a result of being sober and hanging around guys like you i came out of the building trades i got a job with a suit and a tie and uh, i think i had to borrow the tie and my shoes i had to wear good shoes i had duct tape on the bottom because i hold those good shoes (laughs) 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 drove into the office of my pickup truck you know no license. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really? Unmanageability. Sober Sometimes when I tell my story, I bought a truck, and then uh, like a year later, I got my license. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We do everything backwards. And, and, and it was But I stopped doing the things that I was doing. I never went out of my comfort zone and, you know, told my story. I went to 12 years of parochial school right in these neighborhoods and I didn't you know I, I never sought out a, a higher power which is part of the recovery program that I subscribe to mm-hmm. and um, it took a long time but uh, you know 10 years it took 10 years for me to become so pain so soul sick you know my finances were a mess my relationships were a mess I had 200 employees and I, I, I didn't feel qualified to have two <laughs> I thought it was all smoke and mirrors you know mm, yeah. you know did you really do this? Are you really, you know, I just, fears, doubts, and insecurities. I, I've i come to realize I, I wasn't much different than the 13-year-old that picked up the drink in the first place. Yeah. But now, I'm, you know, I'm 33 years old, and, and I have a house and a car and a boat, you know, and another car, and all the things that I think are right, I make the, you know, the, the version of success, right? The good life, yeah. You yeah. Know? The, the, the picket fence. The facade. Know? Yeah, I got a picket fence, you know. Yeah. So it's so it's basically the the college speaking class all over again. Yeah, pretty much. You know, you just, yeah. yeah, it's just loaded with fears, and you know, I, I believe that this compulsive personality can be put to sleep a lot of ways. Something shiny. Yeah. New oh car, yeah. New car, new relationship. We've watched that. You know, I, I've done it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, and and I, you know, so the recovery program that I subscribe to, and I, I go to a men's meeting that we talk about these things, and we talk about permanent contented sobriety, permanent contented sobriety. Mm. And how does uh, an alcoholic and an addict stay sober? 
they need to change. Mm-hmm. Change. Mm-hmm. Some people can get scared straight. I mean, I was never going to drink again. I had a number of drunk drivings prior to that first getting sober in 1980. And, and in my mind, I was never going to drink again. I didn't pine for a drink. I wasn't walking around going, I can't drink. This mm. sucks, you know. Huh. Yeah, yeah. But. Literature says there'll come a day when no power on earth will keep you away from a drink. Yeah, but when, when you. I was sober. And for stark, me, stark raving. No, no. I, was, I was just sober. I wasn't in recovery. I had mm-hmm. not recovered. Mm-hmm. I wasn't right. in recovery. And I sober doesn't hold up. No, nope. it does. You know, I'm sure it does. I'm sure there's a this this sure there's, there's tons a certain of people out there. There's a certain class sober. of people that that will that will work for. Right. Yeah, but then yeah, and then they're driving down the street like that. Yeah. And, you oh, know, yeah. If, you know, there's this stock raving sober. You know, the just right. irritable, restless, and discontent sober. Yep. yep. And, you know, I believe recovery is about growth, you yeah. know, as a person, as a human being, as, as you know, the sole purpose of this book to make us of utmost service to God and to others, mm-hmm. not to stay away from a drink or a drug, to be nice to you and to you and, to, yeah. you know, oh, be my guest, you go first, you know. Yeah. And, right. and Continue and, on a spiritual You know, the, in the, the world doesn't evolve around although you know i'm not much but i'm quite often all i think about <laughs> yes <laughs> you know, absolutely you know yeah. my friend mike says it's a constant job to keep to keep me off of me you know to 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 try to be selfless instead yeah. of yeah you know. mikey right. chimed in here said it's good to see us three together <laughs> uh, and cool. billy billy mcneil says the nine millimeter is now in the smithsonian <laughs> 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 these these are guys that yeah. like we've been around since we came in here. Oh, you know, good. yeah. So all right, because I don't want to. Uh, <laughs> this half my life. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So uh, I'm working. I, I I'm I'm feeling good about you know because I, I I think I've I'm doing the stuff that you know I'm supposed to be doing. I'm buying stuff. I <clears throat> I have a good job and I, you know I, I the outside looks. Great. Yeah, and I didn't really know. See, you don't know what you don't know either. You don't know that there's something wrong if you've always been that way. Right. You know, I I, I talked about it with some guys last night. You know, this process, this recovery process, can restore you to your birthright, which is okay. You're okay. You're okay right now. You're okay. You know, but if I don't pay my bills, if I buy sneakers instead of the phone, you know, pay the phone, if if I spend all the money... That's supposed to go to rent before rent is due. Those are all things that you know. There's some literature that says we have to stop contributing to our problems. Mm. Mm. You, you keep layering bad behavior on bad behavior. I mean, there was a guy that I know that couldn't stay. He couldn't stay. He had a terrible gambling problem, and this guy was sober twenty years at one time. Terrible gambling problem. And it, it, we would work. We'd do a city job. He'd make ten thousand dollars in. Two months, and the day a couple of days before we were done, he was borrowing money for cigarettes, and they all oh. it all went to scratch tickets. Wow. He'd buy his kids that he was estranged from some stuff, and then a week later he'd be high. And I said to him oh. once, I said, I said it's gonna feel terrible. You have to feel terrible about just doing that for yourself, being able to buy mm. stuff for your family. You know. And then, and then, all of a sudden, I can't buy cigarettes again. 
Yeah. Again yeah. and again, you know, we we don't live. I don't live well with bad feelings. Mm. You know, right. I, I eventually, I think, would try to anesthetize them. Yeah. You know? We don't. We don't. We don't like feelings. So I, I'm 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 haven't been involved the way I was involved for the first five years. It's 1985, 86. I, I, I'm not doing anything of what I was doing, and, and I wasn't doing a lot of what I know today it takes to stay sober. Um, I, I picked up, a, I picked up uh, other substances before I picked up a drink, uh, an opiate habit, lost the big job that I was in, picked up another job, with the same industry, they sent me to California. It, I was working there with an opiate habit. Um, I had a contract that said I couldn't work within 500 miles of Boston from the previous company I worked from. Mm. And uh, they had to pay wow. me, but the new company just parked me in California until my covenant ran out and they, I was going to come back here. Now, the whole time I know I'm going down. I've got an opiate habit that nobody knows anything about. This is Brian. So uh, he's a sober guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I I'm working for a New York Stock Exchange company and nodding out in a in a rest area up on one twenty eight or something. Or mm. and, you know, and and nobody knows it. So I'm spiraling down, and that's a terrible feeling when you're spiraling down, and you know, and, oh and, yeah, you know, especially after you've been sober and. You know, you've taken your mother to a Red Sox game. You're taking your mother to a Patriots game. Your mother is proud of you, you know. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah. and this is my son, you know. And uh, and uh, so I, I picked up a drink. I, I You know, all, all that stuff went, uh, uh, you know, I lost the house. I lost the car. I lost the boat. I, I In my 40s, I picked up a drink at, I don't know, 30, 39 years old or something like that. I... I you know, without getting into all the crazy details, I, I spent two years in the House of Correction in my 40s, in my early 40s, uh, six yeah. months at a time. Yeah. Uh, I, I, mm. I, in, in the six-year relapse, I could never make the connection to go back into recovery. I always thought I needed to straighten things out. I, you know, I, it's people, places, and things yeah. again. Right. If, if I get if yeah. this, you know, if, if I, I can do that. The job exactly. back, the people back, yeah, the car back. So... The woman and I that I was living with, Jan, she might be listening. Jan and I, we were in a terrible situation. I mean, a lot of cocaine, heroin addicts. I, I only drank for six months out of the last 40 years. At six months, I drank. It put me in the house of correction. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't take you know, I was on the company jet a year ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And, and now I'm at Gladiator School in Dedham. And... Uh, we hated the way we were living, but we just seemed, couldn't seem to stop it. We couldn't make the connection to get help. To, we always were trying to manage it ourselves and we're always trying to keep up an image. You know, Irish Catholic, don't let anybody see you fall down, uh -huh. you know. And uh, that's when, uh, so no, I, I'll tell you this part of it. Uh, we were in really tough shape and, uh, and I was crying. I was sitting in front of her and I was I was uh, sobbing, crying, like, <laughs> you know, like. Uh, yeah, to, to and, take uh, your breath away and cry. I, and I was looking at her and saying, we're, we're dying. We're going to die. Mm. 
Mm. I says, I don't think there's anything I can do about it. And again, like the phone call I got, 1980, shortly after that, the grace of God came into my life in the form of the Quincy police in the nine millimeter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. There it is. Brought it to a screeching halt once again. You know, it was uh, that was 24 years ago, and you know, and I I still mm. do what I just did. Not all the time. Sometimes I, it's probably because of you guys. Yeah, you know, exactly. And our connection that you know it's it's emotional. I mean, I was. And that's why this thing has worked for me this time. I thought I was dying. You know, yeah. it's, it's amazing what you will do faced with your own demise to save your life. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I saw the program of recovery that I'm involved in, didn't know it at the time, as the lifesaver that it talks about in the literature. Yeah. Like a lifesaver to a drowning man. The, yeah, the desperation right. of a drowning man. And I grabbed onto it. I didn't know it at the time, but what I know today as I had is I had enough will to live. I didn't want to die. And enough knowledge of where to go. I went back into the recovery program that I s- subscribed to. That was 24 years ago. Thank God there were people there that I met in the early 80s that were still there. And they were still talking about <sighs> maintaining their recovery Searching out a power greater than themselves, change, the process for change. Uh, these were people I met in 1980. They were still here in 1997, and they reached out to me. They welcomed me. They did what we do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, my God, it, uh, I mean, it, I s- <laughs> it's illegal. It's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, but that behavior didn't change just because I walked through the door of a recovery program. Right, it changed because right. I've worked on that. It changed because I, because I read my med- I read my uh, daily meditation books this morning. It changed because I took fifteen minutes and I sat quiet f- this morning. It, it changed because I got down on my knees and I asked for help this morning. It changed because I got my, I got I stay out of try to stay out of the driver's seat. Fifteen you know? minutes, huh? You used to do it for fifteen minutes this yes. morning. I lied. Fourteen. <laughs> it's an inspiration. I have for. I mean, I don't know what to, I have for a long time. A long time. I, I, you know, and I equate it to. I mean, I'm I'm old. I'm, a, I'm an older guy. <laughs> and, and and this is what happens with people with bad backs, right? So you get a bad back. A chiropractor or a therapist will give you some exercises to do, right? So you do the exercises every day. Your back gets better. What do you do? You stop, stop doing dying. the exercise. Stop, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I feel so, good. Yeah, so what I've, what I've tried to do in my later years and in my recovery is I've tried to not always just be motivated by pain. Right. That's it. To, that is to, a great motivator. To use, it it but, is, but at some, certain at some point we utilize yeah. our God-given intelligence. You know, mm-hmm, right. it, it's just like picking up a drink or a drug or not going to your recovery program. If this happens five times, there's a good chance if you see the same behavior, it's going to happen the sixth time, too, again, unless you yeah. change something, yeah, right? It's called it's, being proactive. Because it's no longer about any drugs or alcohol. It's about you and, and your behaviors. Yeah. Right? And, and, you know, w- what are you willing to sit yeah. with? And How many like, why, why do this again? Yeah. Why? So I've also, you know... 25 years later, <clears throat> I was on my back on my living room floor for 10 minutes doing stretching seven days a week because I got tired of it feeling better and then it being out again, mm. feeling better. Being, so, so I do it every day. 
meditation was the same thing. You know, we, we, there was a group of us who started meditating through Johnny Meany. Mm. Yeah. He hired a guru to teach us for a weekend. We meditated so bad, I, I never thought I would ever meditate again. We just did it for a whole, for a whole weekend. It was like, are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. yeah to take. To a little take. much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I know everyone that was there. Yeah, even and to just, Randy was there. To take yeah. these guys and just expect them to meditate. <laughs> All weekend. Oh, thank God. They had a lot of money. You and, and and it fed us really well. Yeah, in, yeah. In yeah. But <laughs> I mean, we you've you've told me about this for a very very long time, and here it is, um, nineteen years later, and like, it it's not an everyday thing, but it but it is a practice, you know. But I still remember like, you 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 telling me the story of all these guys you're talking about. All right, let's try this for a month. Yeah. Yeah, like that that, stuff, yeah, that's the stuff that's yeah. That stands well, we out did. To me. See, the thing is, at least with me, anyways, I couldn't deny it. We 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 had this weekend, right? Then we we made a deal that we would meet in a month and check in to see how everybody did. We went around the room, and I did a week that uh, I stopped. I did, you know, and I you know I did two days, and one guy said I meditated every day for five minutes for the whole month. He says, I can't believe the difference it's made. He said, I can't tell you what the difference is, but so we'd go away, come back the next month. Two more guys would have, would have done it for the whole month and said, jeez, oh, I can't believe the difference. <laughs> so then I, I say, I got to do it, right? I got yeah. yeah. you know, to at least do it so that I can come back and say I did it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I did it for the whole month, and I go back and I said, I can't tell you what it is, but I can't believe the difference it's made. Right. <laughs> and it's not, you know, it, it, the world still goes on. You know, cars are still going to go down Quincy Ave, or, you know, and, and the bank machine and everything. But it's my reaction to everything. It's how you react. Yes, yes. Right. You know, I can, life I can, stays the same. We I can do it with, to get better. like, that's right. Yeah, some people are like, oh, I can't be no distress. I can hear, like, there was a time when I couldn't. It would t- completely take me off my game. But now, like uh, like I was talking, I, I do a, a meeting out in Situate. Like, at, at this moment in time, like, I have to bring my daughter, and she plays in the other room. Mm. I can hear that and still stay focused. You know, do I, do I go so to it for a second? Of course. Stay but present. But then, then I, yeah, then I bring to it back to my, to my anchor and... I'm and again, I'm, that's why it, they say it's the practice of meditation. It's not you. You know, I meditated and everything was. You know, talk to it, talk know. to monks. Talk to freaking Dalai Lama. Talk to anybody that does it. Do they get distracted? Absolutely. Yeah. Is that it's, the fifteen minutes that you were talking about? That's meditation. You sit quiet for fifteen minutes. My actual routine is is I I pray next to my bed. Yeah, and then I go make a cup of coffee. And I go to my chair in my living room, and I read uh, "Codependent No More" because there, you know, there's not enough time. I know. You know. <laughs> we can have a part two <laughs> because uh, I can identify with every page in a codependent book. Yeah, you know. And uh, I heard somebody say once, uh, "Alcoholics, uh, uh, what is it? Some they don't get codependent. They are codependent." You know. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, I read another daily meditation book. And then I yeah. And then I meditate for. It, I just bumped it up. I went from thirteen to fourteen, 
and then I stretch. Wow. See, these are in these between are all to that. I have to, to, the, I have to right? put the dog. For me, it's you know, I, I you know, I, I I've facilitated a men's meeting for a long time, and I I hear guys talk about. I hear you when I when you say, "Well, I don't do it every day," and I want to go. Why the fuck not? <laughs> I know exactly, exactly. I I mean, I do. I, I pray every day. I, I do just, have this thing that I listen to called Headspace. That I listen to for five minutes on the way to work every day, and it's just a guy talking, and like I sit and I listen to it. But I, I hear guys. I, I meditate on the way to work. No, you're driving. Yes, on the way to work. Right. You can be and, present. And, you know, but. prayer. Well, yes, I pray too. But there's there's a certain step. It says prayer and meditation. And meditation. Right. They're two distinct. Separate things. Separate things. Right. And I I meditate talking listening sometimes, but other times. I want to be entertained a lot when I have a downtime. I busy myself so much, um, but it's, I guess it's, it's just getting into the habit. It's something to aspire to because yeah. I know how good it is. No, what it is is do it for 30 days in a row, and then you can't deny. Do it for 30 days in a row. And then you can buy into it. That's... Do it for 30 days in a row and call me and tell me I'm either full of shit or you're going to end up saying what every other guy in that meeting at one time said. Yep. Can't believe the differences. All right. So here <laughs> exactly. it is. Here it is right now. I'm going to do it for 30 days in a row. I'm going to meditate, but it's not going to, I'm not going to say 15 minutes. Dude, you could do five. No, no. Start out with five. Five minutes, 30 days in a row. Everybody's my witness. If, if you'd like. So for about 10 years, I used a meditation. That, that this, sheet. That sheet. I, have, I probably have one somewhere. I have the bowl from Nikki's. Oh, you do? Yeah, she sent it down to me. The singing bowl, yeah. the crystal bowl. Pretty cool. That's what I do afterwards. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there's, there's so many things you can you can find a five-minute meditation very easy. Oh, I was and I was. I, I have to. I spent $700 to learn how to meditate from, from Mikey G. Yeah. And while I was doing going through that, that was uh, over a long period of time, and while I, he was counseling me and teaching me to meditate, it was really good. I was really in a good space. Well, look, but I when totally you come fix off. my fence, when you come in... <laughs> <laughs> when you come I'll and fix my fence, fence I have the fence. They made me one. Oh, really? You have it now? I do. In pieces. Oh, well, I'll fix it. And I'll give you a, this meditation. meditation. It's, it's called uh, The Healing Power of Yes, I think. And uh, it takes about three minutes to read it. You read it to yourself. You sit in a quiet space. You read it. And then you put it down. You just sit there. Okay. All right, Very, I'll go with yeah. you. $495. See, it's cheaper than the seven. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Look at the money you've saved. Yes. Right. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I think we better yeah. we gotta pick all we gotta, this stuff we gotta, up. We got to clean up and we got to yeah. get Pam out of here. Okay. Brian, thank you so much. Yes. This it was great to see you. It was and, a great podcast. And, and talk to you again. And Yeah, I hope. It, I hope lots of lots people, people interacting because. I hope some people tuned I, in and, 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 and benefited. Yeah, they so. definitely well, did. They, they, they may have to be a part two because mostly I just told you about the mess I made in my life. <laughs> I, yeah. I didn't tell you about the last 25 years. Right, <laughs> exactly. We'd love to have you. Yeah, yeah, we can definitely do a part two. Absolutely. Um, 
So once again, lolterms.com. Please subscribe. Um, you can find us on every podcast platform that you can think of. Um, right. If you go to the website, you can listen directly from there. Uh, All right. You know, if if you'd like to come on and, and share your experience, strength, and hope, just shoot us a message. Um, always looking for guests, and if if we can help you out with anything, any any you know anyone has anything that they they need help with, or they don't know which direction to turn, because it is crazy. It's twenty twenty one, and people still don't know what to do if if them or a loved one is struggling with substance use disorder. Um, so if you need any guidance, just hit us up. Um, you know, once again, thank you, Brian. Appreciate can, can everything. I just, can I add just how proud I am of both of you two for thank what, you. what you do and what you've done? And thank because you, that means a lot. We go well. Yeah. We go back a long ways. I remember. I, I remember the picnic tables at Turnabout. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 druggy <laughs> buggy know? pulling up and everybody you piling know? out going yeah, into yeah. the Sacred Heart Sacred Heart Church. Yeah, yeah. But all three of us are a testament to what can happen. Absolutely, and, and that's right. Perfectly doable. Even even yeah. with everything life can throw at you. And we're still That's here. Right. We're still yes. doing it. Yeah. So even with right. life on life's terms. Yes, life, life on, on life's terms. terms. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> All right. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. All right. Peace. Peace. I live